Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Siege of Trevelin, and I'm joined by my fellow writers, starting with Michael R. Fletcher. Oh, that's me. Hello. I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of the Obsidian Path Trilogy and some other shit. Rob J. Hayes. Hello, I'm Rob J. Hayes. I'm the author of uh, Titan Hoppers and many other books. Titan and Hoppers. Dirk Ashton. Titan Hoppers just came out. Yeah. It's true. I, I hear Titan Hoppers 2 is in the works as well. Is that correct? It is. I started it yesterday because I got sick of uh, editing and listening to audio auditions. <laughs> Do you know nice. when you'll have a paper a paperback edition up for sale? Uh, I'm still uh, I'm yep. still waiting for my designer to, to uh, get onto it because he suffered from COVID. So he's a bit behind. Will that be a different than the the actual cover, the one you really yeah, want? Even uh, though I love some, that one, uh, some really fancy bespoke art um, from a an excellent artist, uh, rather than stock art that I threw some typography in front of. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I love it. I'd like to have. I'd like to have one of those versions. I am Dirk Ashton. I did not write Titan Hoppers or Siege of Treblin or any of the thing. Well, some of the things that Mike. A few of Mike's books. A few of Mike's, but I did write the uh, Paternus trilogy, supposedly. Um, Allegedly. That's me. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. If you check online, about 16 other people may have also written Paternus. We're not sure anymore. There's a lot of dispute. We need to get it to the point where, like, we get a Wikipedia page for Dirk and it says Dirk Ashton is, brackets, allegedly, end brackets, the author of Paternus trilogy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it'd be Wikipedia, so it would say it would have that that warning up top that these facts need to be verified. That's it. We are unable to verify the source, and it appears to be discreditable. They um, have yes, those, yeah. Anyway, today's episode comes from a question from one of our patrons. So our patron Bender sent in a question asking, uh, "Could you do an episode about writing tips for dummies? So for writers who are starting off in their journey." What were our best tips that we can kind of share with them? Is this uh, and supposed to be like the out, best eight eight tips? 
Yeah, that's right. So what we're going to do is we'll share two tips each um, and we'll like go around and do one at a time. So by the end of this episode, you'll have our eight hypothetically best tips for, uh, you know, starting out as a writer. Um, and as Mike was kind of saying before the episode, they're writing tips for dummies by dummies. So you're in good company. <laughs> Mike, do you want to kick us off first? What's oh, your shit. first okay. writing tip for a dummy? All right. um, I mean, I have, honestly, the, this is probably the dumbest single writing tip for dummies from a dummy, uh, but also the best one uh, and the hardest one. You have to actually finish your fucking book. I mean, it's one thing to sit down and start <laughs> writing, but if you don't finish something, you can't do anything with it. And that really is the hardest thing. Like, I remember I tried to write books many, many times uh, over, I don't know, like 20 years, roughly, and uh, never finished anything. And so my best advice is even if it sucks and it if it's your first book, it is going to suck unless you're, um, you know, much smarter than any of us, um, in which case we hate you. Uh, it's going to suck, but just finish it anyway, because you can you can fix a shitty book later. Uh, am I supposed to, should I do two tips or are we just going to do one and keep going around in circles until we've done like 32 tips and we're confused? What do you want? Yeah, to we'll do? go, we'll we're do one confused. and keep going around. I was thinking we'd shoot for eight, but we I can know, see me too. how we're so going. Those are my seven best tips. Who's up next? <laughs> nice. Rob, what's your, what's your best tip? I don't know. Thanks, Dirk. That's Dirk really helpful. No, Dirk no, just go held up a notepad with finish the book written on it, which is very useful. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's actually for him. Isn't it, Dirk? Finish the book, Dirk. Yeah. <laughs> For this one, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. The one I'm working on now. Um, Too real. Right. My, my, my tip. Uh, I would say don't expect to find your voice straight away. Uh, like, a writer's voice is an incredibly important thing. Um, and it, I mean, it's something that will change as your career moves on anyway. But seriously, don't expect to, to find it straight away. I, I think I wrote two books before I actually figured out what my voice was going to be, what I, you know, what felt most natural and what's, what looked good on the page and sounded good and everything. So yeah. Uh, ties into what um, Mike said, you know, don't expect your first book to be amazing because yeah. it probably won't be unless you're. Did, did you find that you sort of, or something. you found your voice when you stopped trying? Yeah. Like I, yeah, like I, I think for I me, like did. my first book, I was, I was trying to write snow crash. And then my second book, I was just kind of like, ah, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just going to tell a story the way I want to tell a story. And I put way less thought into voice for the second book. And that was kind of it. That was uh, Beyond Redemption was where I sort of went, oh, shit, this, this maybe is me. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I know the first full-length book I ever really wrote, it was, it was very much an attempt to be Game of Thrones. Uh, and it sucked. Um, and then I just sort of like, I stayed in the same world, but I just decided to write a completely different story with different characters. And I just sort of, I, f I let the characters just sort of speak through me a bit more. And the voice just really appeared from that. Um, yeah. So I think it was, yeah, like you said, stop trying and just let it evolve naturally. I think voice is one of those things that particularly beginning writers stress about a lot. They're like, oh, I've got to find my unique voice. I've got to develop this cool voice. But I definitely agree with both of you guys. It's the kind of thing that comes organically when you're not focusing on it. And it's only when you get into that state where you're writing a story that's entertaining to you that you look back on it and realize, oh, this kind of has its own distinctive style to it that's maybe a bit different to stuff that I've read. So yeah, I wouldn't put a lot of pressure on you to kind of try to find or discover your voice. It's one of the few bits of writing that will just sort of organically come along as you go through the process yeah it took me 
I mean, multiple drafts and a whole lot of chapters and a whole lot of just writing to figure out what I want. And then, you know, you can go back and fix it in the rewrite, you know, clean it up, make it more consistent. Awesome. So I guess that brings me to my first tip, which is to try to enjoy the process as much as possible. I think the thing that is going to keep you like sustained and motivated through the really long and at times very difficult journey of writing a book is making sure that you're writing a story that you're really interested in telling and that you're really enjoying telling. I think okay. where now, writers go now wrong what, sometimes. Now, now, what is your tip? Is it write a story that you really want that you know you really want to read or that you'll enjoy writing or enjoy the process it can't be both jed (laughs) Uh, i think it kind of can i think you can really enjoy the process of it and you can enjoy what you're actually producing in terms of a story as well you can i think in fact they're kind of of the process but there's no fucking way you're going to enjoy a whole book if you enjoy the process throughout the entire book that means you're too in love with your book and you have no perspective if you don't hate yep. some of it as you're going, then then honestly, you're failing. Yeah. Yeah, I disagree. This- I think like enjoying doesn't mean that you sit down every day and you are like, oh, I'm so happy to be writing this. And like, it's all sunshine and rainbows. It, I think it means that when you kind of look back on the day's work you've done or the, um, you know, the inches that you might have moved the story forward, you feel a sense of like satisfaction and kind of a deep sense of meaning in what you're doing. And that doesn't mean it's easy by any means. But I think that mm-hmm. it is possible to kind of get to the point where you really enjoy the hard yards of like doing an edit that is kind of a bit of a slog and you are also enjoying the story that you're producing. And I think that was definitely my experience with my first book was like, yeah, this is really, really enjoyable. It doesn't mean it's always easy. I think that's different, but I think it's important that you really do fall in love with like the process of going through it. And that's the thing that kind of sustained me at least in those early years of writing was knowing that like, so I'm not necessarily hopeful. producing a great story here. <laughs> I, know. I was like, I, I, in a way I agree. Like my first book, I loved writing every moment of it and it was abysmal. It was so hmm. bad. My second book was way harder to write. Uh, and then I enjoyed less of it. Um, and it was an infinitely better book. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, like I'm not really commenting on the quality of the book here. I think, it's more about like falling in love with the process of telling stories, which then motivates you to actually yeah. figure out how to tell good stories. Because I agree. Yeah, the if first you, if you don't love telling stories, was why like, are you doing very this? Very bad. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, uh, it is very easy what, to get like, pulled into writing sometimes if you're like, oh, I want to, you know, be a bestseller or I want to, you know, copy this other author or whatever. Like, sometimes you can get pulled into I it. I want to make a lot of money. Place of not that's loving not, it. yeah. Yeah, like, and not that's not, do it for, that's yeah. not really a good motivation. Um, it's way, there are way many other ways to make more money. Yeah. Than Dri- drive a forklift in a, a warehouse. Easier ways, like, yeah. <laughs> stock a shelf and you'll probably make uh, more money than writing. <laughs> that's probably Mike, true. Mike, and what you said actually um, kind of, compliments what jed said because um that was your first book right yeah and finish the book um try to enjoy it and you did that and you flowed through it and you did it but that was a learning process it may not have been a book that was publishable that anybody would have liked it may not have been any good but that's okay you know 
Yep. That's that's sure. that's okay. 100%. And the fact that you got that out and did that is what made it so that you could. And then realize yeah, what you had is what made it so that you could write a good book. You know? Yeah, so sure. that that I think actually complements what what Jed said. Because it's okay if your first book sucks. I mean, there are a ton of very successful authors who have a trunk book or several trunk books and trunk books are books that you write and throw in a trunk and they never see the light of day. Um, there are a ton of authors that have done that. Um, so that's, that's okay too. It's all right. It's all part of the process. For a yeah, lot and I think of that authors. was my experience with my first book as well. It wasn't a good book, but I really loved writing it. And it's because of that, that I went on to then write a second book, which was much better and actually publishable. So I think that yeah. when you're starting off, just because there's so many different things that you could be focusing on, you could be thinking about, am I writing something that's marketable? Am I writing something that is like, yeah, just you know, appealing to that. critics? Just focus yeah. on your We're, own enjoyment of it and yeah. then yeah. be for happy authors, with the fact that it probably will For new authors, get absolutely. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. For, old, for old, you know, hardened, cynical pricks like me and my- Bits of veterans. <laughs> we have, we have, we, have, we we have to figure out a balance between the two, but uh, yeah. you know, don't worry about when you're early on. And yeah, I think like if I reflect on the book I'm writing now, I enjoy the process less than I probably enjoyed the process of writing my first book. But I think Ignorance the book I'm writing place. now is much better. And ironically, that kind of makes me enjoy the process more. But it's like less of a you know, enjoying it in the moment thing. And it's more, I'm going to enjoy the like final product that I'm creating and knowing that I'll have that feeling then kind of allows me now to get through the difficult stuff that I'm doing. So yeah, that was good. Actually, we kind of unpacked that one nicely. Dirk, what is your first tip? Um, I'm going to kind of play off of that. Even in your first book, number four, it's okay if it's hard sometimes. Um, because it will be, and you'll be frustrated and you'll be pissed off. Um, that will lead to my, my personal last, um, if somebody else doesn't come up with it, but it's okay if it's hard sometimes because it can be, you don't know where to go with the story. You just can't get my brain to work. You can't get the words down. Your fingers aren't working right. You're not in the mood. Um, but, uh, it's it's just sometimes it is hard, but that's okay. Mm. Yeah. It's like the hero's journey. You know, the, the, in the hero's well. journey, there's there's always that point where it's uh, the dark night of the soul, where everything seems too hard, and it's just it feels like it's impossible to go on, and everybody's turned against the hero. Writing a book is the same. You get to that point where it just feels so tough, and you just want to quit, and it doesn't feel like it's working anymore. But, you know, you get through it and then next thing you know, you're the fucking hero of ages or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And yep. I think it's and then, good you know, to know it's like the it's, fr- it's like process. college. It's like college. It's like, you know, they talk drunk about the sophomore blues. Alert? Yeah. <laughs> Drunken LSD. Um, partying too much. Uh, but, you know. By soft, they talk about the sophomore blues, you know, you know, the freshness of college, the excitement, the newness has worn off and you realize I've got three more fucking years of this shit, <laughs> you know, 
Um, so you, I mean, I get, I hit it, hit that point in just about every book, not the first book. And I did publish my first book, but it wasn't my first book really, you know, cause I, I wrote it and it was two books and then I combined it and then I rewrote it and then I rewrote it again and then I rewrote it again. And, you know, so it really wasn't my first book, but there was the core of enough stuff that I was able to keep and produce that and uh, publish that story. I think your point, Dirk, is particularly nice to know when you are writing that first draft and it's the first time you've written a book because it's very easy to look at these published authors who might be, you know, like churning out a, a great novel or two great novels every single year. And you just see the final product of that. And you think this looks so easy for them. If it's not easy for me, maybe that means I'm not actually cut out to be a writer, but like all of those authors have the exact same difficulty that you had with their first book and probably still have it with the books that they're putting out today. So yeah, it, (laughs) it doesn't necessarily get away. Every book is a fucking nightmare to write. Like there is no point where you're like, Oh yes, this book just like went, it's here. No, it's a struggle and it never gets any easier. And this is probably not helping people who are just starting out. <laughs> it, it does get, okay. It's not it does always get slightly a struggle. Easier. Every book has periods where you struggle, but it's not yeah. all, if it's all a horrendous struggle all the way through, <laughs> I, I would just all the way through. Cause I mean, when it's, when it's hard, it's hard. I mean, yeah. when I don't know where things are going and I can't figure it out and I don't know if it's any good and, and I just don't know where it's going to end. And I, and I, if it was all like that, Oh God, I would have <laughs> never, I never would have put a book out and certainly never would have written anymore, but every book has those. So yeah. every, it's okay. if It's hard sometimes. Um, but if it's like that all the way through, then I definitely. It's probably not going to be. I mean, to be honest, yeah. When it's when it's nice and it's flowing, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, Mm. yeah. It's the best feeling. Yeah, Mike. Do you want to go with your job that I despised every single minute of and could not figure out a way to get into a Zen to at least get through that job? I quit. (laughs) I have worked those jobs and I have not quit because I needed the money. But you did quit. Same. You're not doing Eventually, those jobs I now, quit. are you? But I worked them for mm-hmm. many years. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep, right. too real. Okay, so that's our We're first round to of Mike. tips. Um, yeah, so Mike, back to you. So, wait, so, so, so far, in summary, we have number one, finish the book. Number two, don't expect to find your voice right away, and that's okay. Number three, Try to enjoy the process. Write what you like. The want is uh, crossed out. Number four, it's okay if it's hard. Okay. Nice. That's a good summary. Thanks for that, Dirk. That's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Mike. Uh, okay, I like, so I like my, visual, my visual aids. Yes. <laughs> Very useful. And we can for actually read your handwriting. Listeners. That's crazy. Okay, so second point for me would be. Um, understand point of view and tense and (laughs) think about them before you start writing. Um, a lot of people, they, they've read a lot, so they have an idea of, you know, POV or tense that being like past or present. Um, 
but they haven't actually put any thought into it. And early on, I was guilty of this too. Like my first book was a mad hodgepodge of, of point of views. Um, and I wrote the whole thing in present tense as well. Um, and just because I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to do this. Not because I had a reason to. Um, so it, you need to look at the story you want to tell. And step one, I would say, would be figure out figure out your point of view. Um, if the story is large or you want to show both sides of something, you're going to need more than one point of view character. Uh, that's fine. You can have as many as you want. But on the other hand, the fewer point of view characters you have, the more focused the story becomes. If you cut it down to one point of view character, that gives you a lot more freedom to have mysterious shit happening off stage, which can be incredibly useful. But sometimes you, you want to be able to show all that stuff. You want the reader to see both sides so you can sort of train wreck these two point of views uh, by the end of the book. And that's great. You can do that too. Uh, tense, past or present. Um, past tense uh, works really well. That's probably the most common tense for, uh, for writing fantasy. Uh, present can work, but you have to uh, understand how to use it. And the, there's a, a lot of people, as soon as they start writing uh, like first person past, uh, past tense, they, they tend to sort of give it this sort of narrated feel. Like here I am sitting in my, um, in my, in my lounger after the adventure's over telling you the story. And you go, that's got a lovely old timey feel, but it also means he's sitting there, he's safe. And, you know, it, it's kind of right away, it's a little bit boring. Um, so if you're doing like first person past tense, you got to find a way to make it immediate and feel like there's still danger. So uh, that was a shit ton of rambling. <laughs> Understand tense and point of view and put thought into them before you start writing. Actually, adding well, to that, I think that's really tense important is because it's... <laughs> yeah, well, no, present, I think a lot of authors tense as well can totally struggle work. with, well, like... <laughs> yeah, but Dirk I meant horrible to, to write. That, it, but I think a lot of authors have difficulty, like, cutting oh, yeah. between... Yeah, it's, I think a lot of authors, like, what. struggle with trying to keep yeah. you in one person's head as well. And, like, obviously this can work well. I'm not trying to call out Dirk's Eternus trilogy here, but I do read a lot <laughs> of, out. like... Call it out hard. <laughs> I do read a lot of newer authors' stuff where, like, they suddenly switch. So they're in one... They're, let, they're, they're let's say, in Mike's head telling a scene. And then just halfway through the scene, they tell you something which is only visible from Rob's perspective. And there's no clear transition between them. And it's not like it's been done for an intentional purpose. It's just sort of accidentally happened because they've said something like, Rob feels angry when there's no real way for Mike to know what Rob is feeling. Mike's perspective could say, Rob seems to feel angry or Rob shakes his fist irately or whatever but there's no way to like directly hop into that person's head. So I think getting perspective right will definitely save you a lot of troubles um, when it comes to those sort of technical things as well. Yeah. And what we mean by, I mean, tense and perspective are different things. Mm. So you need to learn the difference between the two and perspective and POV are the same thing. Those two mean the same thing pov point of point of view um and uh the best way to learn that stuff is to read books like that 
Um, I knew that I wanted to write Paternus in present tense, though for adult fantasy, that's not the standard. Um, it's very prevalent in, um, uh, in uh, YA and teen fantasy. Um, but uh, there are, uh, I mean, it's funny when people call out present tense sometimes and forget that the girl with all the gifts and the handmaid's tale and a lot of other books are written in present tense that they were like, what, really? I loved those books. Uh-huh. If it's done well, it becomes um, invisible, though. And, and that's, that's the thing. Yeah, if it, yeah. And that's yeah. the problem uh, with POV, uh, with, with point of view, and there are a lot of different kinds. Uh, the best way to learn is to read books. I picked up books that had done really well that were written the way I wanted to do them. Um, and just kind of saw how people did it, uh, and did it well. And, uh, I would, again, I've done, I've held this book up before I'm holding up a book called how to read novels like a professor. It's not necessarily a book about writing, but it'll, it, this book has taught me more about the basics of writing, including perspective, uh, and tense and all the different kinds um, than any other book that I've picked up and read over the years. And I've read a lot of books on screenwriting and on, and on um, um, writing in general and on fantasy writing. But uh, the ba as far as the basics, this is the very best book that, I, that I've ever read. It's, it's wonderful. And he uses samples from, from a lot of different books, including some from like Tolkien and then earlier, uh, then much, much more modern later. Uh, authors. But uh, uh, the only thing that I would say is that you don't have to have that, that I would add is you don't have to have a perfect grasp of tense and point of view in your first book. So we're talking about very first time writers, you'll figure it out. Um, and the only way to <laughs> really it learn it yeah, yeah, by getting it wrong. And, uh, and that's but all of that, I, I've added but that's okay to a lot of these things, right? Because um, like I have think about point of view and tense, but it's okay to mess up. Um, so can we because sum up you will. all of our points by it's okay to suck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that feels like the theme. Uh, well, it's the old adage, really like you learn more you really from your failures than you do from your successes, don't you? And it will become integrated with your style with your prose style as you go, and it will be part of your prose style. Um, the way you write and construct your sentences and have people speak. Um, so yeah, um, that stuff, that stuff is, is uh, it's, it's, you're going to learn it as you go. It's okay to screw it up and not have it exactly right in your, yeah. in your first book, especially in your first draft of your first book. Nice. Uh, Rob, what is your second tip? Um, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. Uh, or put another way, there's no right way to skin a cat. Basically, there's you know, <laughs> you can take all the advice of the world, and you will you will you'll get advice from some people saying, "Ah, oh, you you need to have uh, gone to university and done a writing degree." You'll have other people saying, "Like, ah, yes, you need to you know read this book and this book and this book," or you know, you need to plan it out. You know, you need to know exactly which point you're going 
for, uh, for the story at each point and you need to follow this uh, writing example, this structure and everything. And they're all right and they're all wrong. You know, there's there's so many different ways to do it and you have to find your own way of doing it, your way that works for you specifically. And it might be that you take bits and pieces from here and there and turn them into some sort of crazy chimera of a writing style, or it might be that, you know, yours actually mimics another author really closely or something like that. Um, but it's it can be really hard to find your own way of doing things, you know, your own level of how much planning do I do or how much, you know, does things just pop up out of nowhere? And um, even down to a structural thing of, do I sit down in front of my desk and write for two hours a day, every single day, or, you know, at this particular mm-hmm. time, or do I snatch it, bits of writing here and there when the inspiration takes me? Yeah, it's 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 a wide ranging piece of yeah, advice, but it's that, a really good one as far as I'm concerned because yeah. you have to figure out no, your it's own true. style. There's there is what works for some thing. people. Yeah, what what and it is an evolving thing. Every book I write, even every even as I write through books, since I write so slowly, my when I write, how I write, um, uh, changes and I'll, I'll find that I, I start out with an idea. I want this to move really fast and be fun. And then I'll find myself like slowing down with these descriptive passages and, and, uh, and, and, and like having characters moving from a lot of moving from one area to the next. I'm like, no, stop doing that. Um, and that, but I won't go back and fix it now. I'll fix it from here on out and then I can go back and fix that later. Um, sometimes you have to go, I have to go back a little bit and clean some things up so I can move forward. But yeah, it, it is, it's a, it's an evolving process and Rob's it, Rob, does this work? There is no one right way to write a book. Yeah. That sums it up. Okay. I, and I, I spent, I wrote a book as all one word for some reason (laughs) just to prove there is no right way to do it yes there is a right way to write a book (laughs) but there's no right way to write a book book. correct Correct. (laughs) nice next we need to figure out Um, what a book is yeah well mine kind of plays off that a bit rob (laughs) my uh tip is sort of a little bit different to what you're saying i do agree uh for the most part that yeah there is no one right way to go about it um something that was incredibly useful for me though when i was writing my first book was being consistent and coming back to Mike's earlier point about how you just, just have to finish the thing. For me, the way that I've found myself to be the most productive on any type of creative project is to be doing it on a consistent schedule in the same place in the same time and to build habits around it. So with this podcast, we've done over a hundred episodes, which is like kind of insane. And I think it works because we have a consistent time that we usually sit down and do recordings. We don't always do it, you know, like every week or whatever, but the consistency helps it feel a little bit easier to kind of get into the flow. And I know when I was writing my first book, that was something that was hugely useful for me because there's so much uh, kind of inertia that prevents you from sitting down to write a book, developing a habit of like, uh, I think at the time I was at school when I was writing my very, very first book, you know, coming home from school, doing homework and then writing the book. It was really good to have that because I knew that when this thing is finished, I start writing, 
And it takes away like 50% of the difficulty in that day's writing because so much of the hard work is forcing yourself to sit down and to start typing the first couple of words. So I think if you're someone who has not experimented with a consistent writing habit and you're working on your first book, it may be worthwhile just trying it for a couple of weeks and see what results it has for you. Because for me, it was absolutely huge. And I know the times even beyond that where I've been consistent with my writing have been the times where I've enjoyed it the most and it's been the easiest to kind of stay in the flow of telling that story. So yeah. What about you guys? Are you Was consistency useful for you starting or were you more like, trying to find little dribs and drabs. I, I've never done anything consistently in my life. I am incapable <laughs> of that. Uh, for me, it's, it's chaos. Um, I am. You're a mad burst writer, right? I Pretty am much. Yeah, I'm like a, like manic depressive yeah. writer. Uh, when, when it hits me, I will spend weeks or sometimes months ass in chair, blasting shit out. Uh, and then I crash and burn and, stare at a wall for the next month and get nothing done mm -hmm. i'm just all over the place and i've i've tried consistency but um sure that ain't me well i think I thought when you would i, I, th at, I think um, we've learned sorry, I, I think at this point mike with as many books as you've got out you're consistent in that that's how you write that's your yeah. process that's that's how you write books organized um, chaos you sit down and 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 blast them out and then crash and burn over and over and over again. And, and, uh, Never learning. From, what I've, from what I've seen in the last couple of years though, is that your crashes and burns are not as miserable as they once were. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. You're much, you're, you're much in much better shape between, between books and your lows are not nearly as low as they used to be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, they which used is to be awesome, which bad. I love to see. But now yeah. it's yeah, you're right. It's now it's it's more of a case of just I'm I'm tired and I'm burned out, and my brain needs to do something else for a bit. And it yeah. used to be like I mean, you know, sometimes months, like two or three months of like almost nothing happening. Uh, mm -hmm. Watching, you know, well, you had a full time job at that time too. Yeah, and that's and now that's it's like hard. A, that's a, hard. A down week, and then you know I'm kind of like itching to get back to it, which is. Mm -hmm. which is nice. Mm -hmm. So there is a consistency to that process. Yep. So, so it's, um, Jed, you said be consistent. You want me to add anything to that? Yeah. Or I would maybe that? say, try to find a writing habit that. No, that's too long, you. Jed. Yeah. You got, you have <laughs> be four words. Okay, be consistent. Be Just consistent say brackets with, habits. with, with your writing routine. habits. How's that? Yes. Routine. Yeah. And of course, th this might not be the best way for you to write, but for me, I found it really useful and it was a big game changer. So if you haven't experimented with it, it's very worthwhile giving it a crack. Okay. It's okay. Though However, also take, take into account that Jed likes right. to you know, schedule the things with, with spreadsheets and, and all sorts. And <laughs> Yes, I'm a very analytical person. So this, uh, this may be not for you if you're more of a creative chaos type like Michael Fletcher. Yeah, Mike's Mike's creative. I don't know, but I'm fairly certain Mike runs by a schedule. He's he's he doesn't like to uh, to reveal it, but he's got like this little spreadsheet that says when he has to do everything at each point. Nice. No, he definitely, definitely. carefully planned. Mike Mike <laughs> has told us 
told us his schedule, you know, like what he does when he gets up in the morning. And, and of course, all these schedules that we keep, I have like my ideal schedule and it'll last a week. Sometimes it'll last a month. Sometimes it'll last two months and sometimes it'll last three days. Um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this for the next few days and then move on to this. No, I don't. I end up like, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I just end up doing something completely different from what I said I was going to do. Um, but, uh, the, the tricky part is finding the time. Um, especially if you've got a full-time job or, or family and kids or both and, and, or going to school or all three, um, it can be, it can be really hard. And we know people that, that do all three of those and maybe even more. Um, so, uh, yeah. So number, number seven, be consistent with your routine, but it's okay to take a break. Yes. Cause some people get, I had, a, I actually had, I actually had a new author, new young author, uh, send me a message asking me saying, I'm doing pretty good. I have this many words, but I feel burned out. Um, and I said, it's, that's normal. It's okay to take a break. Um, you know, one week, two weeks, three weeks, take a month if you absolutely have to, but, um, but the book won't get done if you don't start up again at some point. <laughs> yes. When it's flowing, let it flow. When it's not flowing, just take a break. Let your creative energies mm-hmm. recharge. Or smoke some crystals or something. I don't know. Dirk, what's your uh, your tip? And this will be the last I one get for the this last, episode. I get the last one. Yeah, so much power. And I think nope, that we're out this... of time. Cut him off there. <laughs> <laughs> the I music. think this is one we've all said more times than not, but I think it's a good one to finish on. Just keep writing. Mm. Even if you don't think it's any good, even if you're tired of it, even if you think you suck, if you think the idea is still good or... You know, just just keep writing. Just your first draft, your first book may be total crap, but again, that's okay. Just keep writing. Not to be confused yeah, that with you must with write every day. Finish. That is a terrible piece of advice, and you should never no. take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Unless it's the kind of thing that, that works for you. Because for me, that yeah, if does it works, work a lot. if it works, if if people know that if they force themselves to sit down and write for an hour or two or three every single day, and that works for you. Great. But again, it goes right back to what Rob's, uh, Rob said. There is no one right way to write a book. There just isn't um, yes. for every person. All different flavors of wrong ways. You just got to find yours. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah I haven't found, I, yeah, I'm on my fourth book. I haven't found a, a perfect right way for me to when to write and how to write and how much outlining and not outlining and how much rewriting and how much, you know, pondering to, to do. I still, it's like, yeah, I, how often have you guys seen like people that have written like a lot of books, like big authors even go, I'm starting this new book and I don't remember how to do this. Yes. Right. Yep. I mean, all you see that all the, all the time. I just like, I know I know how to do this. I've written 12 books, you know, half of them are New York times bestsellers and I can't figure out how to write this book. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new struggle every time. Yep. Yeah. 
That's okay. One thing I, I would like to add, and this is not advice, but it's more of a supportive thing. Uh, part of the reason I keep saying, like, finish your book, your, especially your first book, um, when you finish it, even if it sucks, and this was very much the case for you, the moment you finish that first book, you have killed the doubt. You have that mm-hmm. part of your yes. mind that is like, can I finish a book? Because that, for me, that stopped me for a long time because I, I didn't think I yep. could. And I wondered, right. but the second you finish that first book, no matter how bad it is, you now know you can finish a book and it, yep. that doubt is gone. And your second book, you kind of go into it with this knowledge that you have already finished a book. You know, yep. you can finish it. Even and if for it me, sucks. that was huge. Even if it sucks for me, that yep. was huge. And then totally you get back and to just like, you know, shows you are and you're like, I, can I finish this book? It all just goes full circle. Yeah. Yeah. How many do you have now, Rob? I think you've got the, who, who is, who's in the lead? Rob? Oh, Definitely Rob, Rob is. Rob, isn't Rob? Yeah, like 15, it's me, but I don't know how many I've got. Like between books I've written that aren't published and books that have published and books that were published, but are now no longer published. I haven't got a fucking clue anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think at this point I have 17 for available to be read. Wow. That's impressive. impressive. How many words a day do you write when you're in your groove? It, how long's a piece of string? Um, you know, some days I, I tend to say like, if I get to 2000, I'm happy uh, during a writing day. Mm-hmm. Not every day is a writing day, but when I am writing 2000 words, I'm happy. However, you know, I'll, okay. sometimes I won't quite hit that. Sometimes I'll, you know, be like, ah, oh, 3,000, excellent. Sometimes 4,000. I think the most I've ever written in one day was 7,000. And then I had to take a day off because mm-hmm. I was just dead. Jesus. Yeah, yeah we, know people that, we, we know people that do that much every I know people day. who consistently hit 10,000 words a day, and I'm both in awe of them yeah. and think that they are demons. Yes. There are 10,000 good words as well, which is the scary part. Yeah, that's what pisses me (laughs) off the most, actually. (laughs) It's fine if they're 10,000 garbage words, like the rest of us. But if they're 10,000, like, final draft words in a day, goddamn, that's just unfair. Yeah, yeah. But there are people that do that. Yeah. And we should all aspire to get to that point if we can. But not everyone will be Do you want me to take a picture of this and... Okay, I'll summarize it and I'll take a picture of it and send it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Perfect. All right, so number one, finish the book. Number two, don't expect to find your voice uh, right away, and that's okay. I'm reading this backwards. Uh, (laughs) Number three, try to enjoy the process. Write what you like. Number four, it's okay if it's hard. Uh, this is about writing. Um, <laughs> number five, think about point of view and tense, but it's okay to mess up. Number six, there is no one right way to write a book, and that's write R I G H T and write W R I T E. Uh, number seven, be consistent with your routine, but it's okay to take a break. Number eight, just keep writing. I think we did okay, boys. Yeah, we nailed that one, I reckon. That was a cool episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was going to say, before we finish it you up as well, 
I put out a video on my YouTube channel a while back called How to Write Your First Book. So that kind of expands upon a lot of the things we're saying here. So I'll put a link to that down below. Um, and if you're watching that on YouTube, there will probably be like a card that flashes up here somewhere. But feel free to check that out you're if you found this one interesting. Slutting it up, pimping your That's own it. stuff on our podcast. That's oh right. Well, I mean, this podcast does also go out on my YouTube channel Shocked. at the same time. So Shocked. it's not really oh. <laughs> a different category. Jack. Disgraceful. So I feel, I feel abused. <laughs> Somebody's taking advantage Writing of tip you. number nine, cross-promote relentlessly. I did not sign up for this shit. <laughs> 100 episodes <laughs> in. It's too late now. You're locked in. There's no escape. Uh, Our contract mandates, we have to get to 1,000 episodes before any of us can leave. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh yeah anyway um that was a good episode thanks for <laughs> thanks bender for sending in the uh the question that kind of sparked this discussion uh thanks, we will bender. see you next time bye bye, everybody. bye as we end this episode i wanted to give a big shout out to our patreons who help support the show and an extra special shout out to our legendary wizard patrons Talon and daniel if you want to help support the show and get access to a huge library of uh, exclusive patron-only episodes, go to patreon.com forward slash wizardswarriorswords. You can find the link in the show notes below. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.